The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including ACLA Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Clean Energy Advisors. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And we have a blue-haired guest from Sweden on the show today. We're so excited to have with us Maria Delacroix. She is the CEO and co-founder of Wheelie's Cafe. I think this could be real competition for Starbucks someday, and I'm excited about that prospect. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Maria, I, I, I want to hear from you firsthand about your experience applying for a job with Starbucks. I mean, um, yeah. Um, at the moment when I did apply uh, for a job at Starbucks, I actually really needed a job. Uh, working in a cafe, I love coffee. Uh, of course, like a, a good choice. Uh, but in general, you know, I could have picked any job. I needed a job. But not getting it because of the reasons of not having I mean, because of my look, my appearance, um, which might have been even, um, which might have been more provocative than it is now. Um, of course, it made me super uh, angry, to be true. Uh, and I mean, many things have made me angry through the years. <laughs> but um, at this point, I also kind of was in a situation, I was angry one, that's one thing, but I also was in a situation where I had to figure something out because I had, had to pay rent, had to, you know, do things. Uh, so I think that, but, you know, the, both the, the feeling, the upset feeling and, and the need to do something uh, was like a good combination, I guess, because that's how we really started. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, I, I, I try to picture the Starbucks manager uh, who didn't hire you. And I think to myself, wow, he had no idea what he did. And, and there's really no way he could have known that the blue haired girl, he said, we don't need you. We don't want your blue hair in our shop. There's just no way he could have known the impact you would have on his business in a few years. And yet I, I suspect uh, he will, there will come a day when he's really sorry he didn't hire you. What, now I, I want to ask you this, what would have happened if he had hired you? Would, would wheelies exist today? I don't think wheelies would have existed. <clears throat> no, because no. It, yeah. was, it was really born about the, from frustration and the need to actually, you know, get money, that honest, uh, yeah. you know. So, no, I don't think so. Maybe something else would have been born, but not Wheelers. Well, it really is an, an, an amazing thing. So tell us about the modern 2016 version of a Wheelies Cafe. What does that look like? 2016? 
Yes, right now, if I wanted to buy one today, what would it look like and what would it do? Well, it would be very portable. It would be a cafe, um, which uh, compared to other cafes actually have uh, wheels so you can move to where your customers are instead of you being stuck on one place. Another benefit um, is, of course, the, the low startup costs. You don't need to to rent a big space in a big city to you know, get, get the customers. You can just roll out the, and sell your coffee. And, and how also much you have a place to you, you boss yourself. You, you do whatever you want to do. You, if you don't feel like selling coffee at 7 in the morning on Wednesday, you don't need to. You can do something else instead. And you can, you can yeah. move around. Um, we have solar panels. Uh, running water, everything is on a bike. Um, basically everything, or most things, but more that you find in an ordinary cafe, but compact. Yeah. So you can make coffee and serve some danishes and, and all of that right on the bicycle-mounted cafe. It's powered by solar power. You serve organic food, organic coffee, right? Yes, correct. It I just think. seems like it's almost too good to be true. And all of this, uh, an entrepreneur can buy one for $5,900 or so. Is that right? That is right. Ah, it's, just, it's just amazing. And what kind of volume, uh, in terms of dollar volume, are the stores doing these uh, <laughs> Bicycle-mounted stores that you can buy for $5,900. What's the revenue each month? It's so different. I mean, um, the reason we continued with Wheelies after starting one cafe was because we earned quite a lot, actually. Um, and I mean, now, suddenly, by we are in 65 countries. Uh, and, and the revenue is very different from, from country to country. But... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. Do you have any stores in the United States? We do. Um, we have uh, stores in uh, Florida, in LA. We have stores in um, Phoenix. Um, we have stores in um, yeah, several places, and a lot more coming actually. Yeah. So the stores are growing most. Sounds like most of those stores are in sunny places where they can work year round. But uh, how does the store work in Sweden? You're you're based in your headquarters are in Stockholm. I haven't been to Stockholm, but I've heard rumors that it gets cold there. It do, and we even have a cafe in the north of Sweden, as well as in the in Jordan, where the weather is you know on the other side is very warm. Um, yeah, I mean, there is actually a Swedish saying, which is there is no bad weathers, only bad clothes. So that's what we try to adapt. Um, our idea is, of course, will should be so versatile that it can adapt to the weather. So, um, so do some of your stores stay open even in the wintertime? Yes, we've been selling in minus 20 Celsius degrees in Sweden. It's oh, fine, no. but it's cold. We have good, good clothes. 
and you would like to serve like warm drinks for people passing by. But yeah, I, I bet you do great business if you can stand to be out in the cold like that. Holy cow! Yeah, of course it's easier to bike to the cafe in you know when it's not a lot of snow. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, this is really a, an amazing model. Now, uh, 65 countries, um, I imagine most of the units have gone to people in the developed world, Sweden, Western Europe, United States. Have some people purchased some of these in uh, developing countries, maybe in Africa or South America? Yes, they have, but they it's, it's, um, it's fewer much less in, in, in these countries than it is in, in for instance, U.S. or Sweden, yeah. uh, which, of course, is, I mean, what we wanted to do all the time is to lower the cost for entrepreneurs to be able to step in and start their own business. But in many countries, uh, far, and for many people, even in the, in the, even in the developed world, Firefox on 999, it's still quite expensive. So, of course, that's something we... We are still working on. We want it to be easy and, and affordable for everyone. Now you have compared the your app and the business in some ways to Uber, and that actually makes sense to me because, uh, for instance, uh, what I've seen a little bit in my community is that uh, refugees have really taken to driving for Uber. They can finance a car and start driving and start making a living and it's a great living compared to some of their other alternatives it seems to me that your business which costs a little less than a car would actually be very competitive with uber and in some ways maybe more fun yeah uh, that's what we wanted to be yeah. <laughs> and we see it as a way to I mean, now we're doing cafes, but it's not even only about cafes. It's a way to, you know, uh, have green mobile sales point around uh, big cities uh, in the world. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Well, Maria, you are a remarkable, iconic entrepreneur, and clearly a lot of people in your community and out of it uh, respect and recognize you and uh, look up to you. And who do you look up to as a role model? Yeah, that's uh, that's a hard question actually. I have a, I have a few. Um, when I was uh, young, I read Simone de Beauvoir, and uh, I was working as a, um, a cleaned hospitals, was cleaning lady, and and uh, that kind of changed my life. Um, I look up to Ines Khan because he kind of you know, built this empire. Uh, and I also actually look up to Margaret Thatcher, which is, we're not sharing, you know, uh, same political views, but someone who actually, you know, do whatever it takes to, to do something. That's, I think, yeah. Yeah, interesting role models. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I kind of, uh, I understand uh, why you were motivated in those early days to uh, start your business. Um, but it, it would have been tempting for me, it would have been tempting, I think, for almost anyone to um, think of the 
first bicycle cafe as the business, but you thought of selling these. How did you decide to go beyond owning your own cafe and owning instead uh, this massive global business? And I mean, from the beginning, it wasn't really, it started with the one cafe and, and then uh, the idea actually was not to turn it into like a global business. Uh, it was uh, more of a way to test the crowdfunding uh, pages. Uh, I also, I mean, I, I also been doing a lot of things uh, and uh, I, I, I couldn't, you know, when I started to do this, I'm, I couldn't, you know, understand why not more why, why wasn't there more people doing this basically more yeah. people should do this was my what i thought uh, and i was not in the uh, position to yes need money anymore so i could kind of be creative and, and think about what, what i could do with this uh, so i put it out or me and my friends actually put it out on, on indiegogo and uh, so i think it was 15 cafes as that were built by hand in, in Masala and Malba. And I think the reason that we continued after that, um, and because it was it kind of co- ended up costing us more to, to build the cafes than we sold them for. So <clears throat> we were like in a position there where it wasn't like, uh, it was not like a straight way to, to just continue with this, but we, when we get the response, when we got the responses from the people who actually ordered our cafes, and when we understood that these people are feeling the same, uh, you know, joy being out on the streets selling coffee and, and actually earning money on it, um, yeah, then it was it felt kind of obvious to you know keep doing it anyway. Yeah, well, it really is. Uh, I think a remarkable story. How. How important was your experience with Y Combinator? It was super important, actually. Um, it, um, I mean, they inspired us in so many ways. It was like to be around, or it's, it was like 100 companies, uh, or a bit less, but around us that had suddenly, you know, we were around all these people having these incredible ideas, working day and night. I think that was such a big difference from being the boring one who always had to go home to work uh, and, you know, to just be around this crowd of people and and to actually suddenly meet people that really believed in this, that really encouraged, encouraged us to make this bigger. That was very different. And very important. Very cool. Well, we like to ask all of our guests for an impact hack, some tip that would help us to do more good in the world. And clearly, you're having a global impact in empowering uh, ordinary people to become uh, successful entrepreneurs. How, uh, what tip would you give us? What impact hack do you have for us? I mean, if, if you want to do something and, and you have some kind of idea about how that could be done, do it. That's my only, like, advice. Do it and fail. Like, trial and error is everything, yes. So I have so many, like, so many people with so many good ideas. But if you don't try them, 
be one person or the world can and we can just sit around thinking about it, just go out there and, and do it and see what's, what happens. That's amazing. Well, uh, Maria, I've got to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. You're just an amazing entrepreneur, an inspiring story. Before you go, please tell us how people can learn more about you and connect with you and learn more about how to get a Wheelies franchise? I mean, send an email to me, mariaatwheeliescafe.com or visit us on Facebook, Wheelies Cafe. Or wheeliescafe.com works as well. Okay. Well, Maria, again, thank you for being with us. We wish you every success in uh, growing a global enterprise to rival Starbucks. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact, GGI, uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC, providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with a predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.